Episode 37 of The Paul George Show welcomes Kelly Pease Lombardi. I think that if you don't know yourself, to really look at yourself and say, okay, what is it exactly that I'm feeling and why am I feeling this way? Sometimes people, I think, in, in marriage and in conflict who can't find resolution, if you're going to have success in communication in marriage, it's to look at that sometimes and say, okay, what really is going on with me? The Paul George Show! Welcome to the Paul George Show. This week, Kelly P's Lombardi. Being a man and why women need you to. What a bro romper is. And Paul's distasteful fashion history. And now, from Christ Our King Studios in Lafayette, Louisiana, the unashamedly masculine, Paul George. Welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George, in studio. Excited today. As I look to my left, I have the world-famous Adam Conk here today. Hey, Adam, Paul. How you doing? But if I look to my right <laughs> in studio, actually here with us is the world-famous Kelly Pease. How you doing? I'm doing great. So she decided to drive in all the way from her hometown of Alexandria, Louisiana, to be here with us instead of having to call her and get her as a guest. So, Adam... So generous. So generous. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Kelly. Thanks for having me. I feel so important. I know. So we have a lot to talk talk about today. We got some some cool topics that we're gonna do, we're gonna dive into. Since we have you here and I can see your face, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. I always get to see Adam's face. Which is not also, so nice. No, nice. No, also no. nice. It's not always <laughs> that nice, but he's always smiling. Uh-huh. Okay. So Adam, just rest your face. What kind of resting face do you think he has, Kelly? Um, thoughtful. <laughs> Thanks. I thought she'd say like goofball or something. You like have that. a happy resting face. Yeah, he does. Plain and simple. So, anyway, all right, you guys. I was all over the interwebs, and I've been bothered by something lately. So I want to know: Have you guys seen this? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though. Yeah, for real. Okay, this is a real thing. It's not made up. I, I looked around. It's not a joke going around there. You know, because a lot of times they'll have these things that are jokes and people think they're real. Right. On news because all the media, they can just, you can make memes and you can make all these things up. But this is real. People are doing it, wearing it. They're called bro rompers. Okay. Bro rompers. Bro rompers. Have you seen this? I've seen it. Adam? Unfortunately, I have seen this, yeah. <laughs> okay, so for, for those who listen, a bro romper is a romper, which I didn't know really what a romper was, but when I think of a romper, I think of something a girl wears. <laughs> or a baby. It, or like a baby. a baby outfit. It's a, a onesie. onesie. Yeah. Okay, but the romper is, it's shorts, so it's not all the way like pants. Right. So it's it's guy romper shorts onesie. Right, exactly. Does that explain it well? <laughs> so. Well, I haven't seen a bro romper up close, but I know a real <laughs> romper like for a baby would snap at the bottom. Is that kind of how it is? Or are we just stepping into this thing? Yeah, look at it. Right it doesn't here. snap. That's a problem. You it know, looks bo- like a UPS outfit. Yeah, there, there's actually well, a meme the f- with like a FedEx driver or UPS driver yeah. in it. But, you know, it's a onesie that you slip into. Right. Show the floral ones. This is what bothers me. It's like there's all these patterns <laughs> that are typically reserved for for female things. Right. Okay, okay, guys so are romping. I don't know why I'm bothered by this. Maybe it's my generation. I, uh, I would never wear a onesie. 
Yeah, but here's a thought. It's kind of like um, the coveralls that, like, workers wear. Like, I know my grandfather used to wear coveralls, yeah, see, <laughs> like, all the way down. So maybe it's just, like, a cutoff version of a really manly outfit, which is a coverall. No, I wasn't going to bring Boonpaw into this conversation. <laughs> but Kelly's grandfather, uh, not on our side, on her other side, her dad's side of the family, his name is Boonpaw. Boonpaw, right. You know, he, he, he wore, wore a, a romper. Basically, was the original version of what we're looking at what now. Were the, the, those are called coveralls, right? Aren't they? Yeah, but they cover pants. all. They cover all. You but, just... should cover all. But their pants <laughs> this is the only thing I ever saw him wear in my life <laughs> with a cigar. So you're saying it's a coverall, but shorts, right? So maybe if we look at it from that angle, it's not as feminine as some people might like to believe. Well, I was talking to some some young adult um, girls on the college campus or work UL. And I was asking them about row rompers, and they said they didn't really have a problem with it if someone wore them with confidence. Right. <laughs> I want to know, have these girls actually seen one live and in person? Well, one of them said that it would just be entertaining to them, so they weren't necessarily attracted to it, but they would like to see someone else wear it. Right. Right? So I don't know. I just have a problem. It's like this, I don't know, this move of like, making anything sort of cool for hipsters to wear. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old. No, that is the thing. It, it is this hipster thing, this fad thing. Like, you know, how far can we push the envelope? But like you guys will probably sit here and say, it just doesn't work. Like, I know if my husband tried to get in that, I don't even know what would happen. Like, he would just <laughs> he would just disintegrate or just like bust out of it. Okay. So here's a question for you uh, as the female in the studio is – we talk a lot about modesty or about what girls should wear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like it just seems to be a topic and, and then it's a hot button topic. A lot of times girls don't want to talk about modesty or what they should wear, or at least they don't want to hear from a guy what they should wear. Right. Okay. Uh, but th- I think we should reverse this conversation. Like, do you have an opinion as a, as a woman on what guys should and shouldn't wear? Like, would you agree on the bro romper or anything else? Are there things immodest or inappropriate or just like, you just shouldn't do that. I mean, I'm so boring on this topic because I'm very live and let live. But I mean, certain things I don't want to see, not because I'm going to be you know, visually like thrown off by it per se, but some things just aren't going to look very enticing, I guess. Right. And the bro romper. I guess I'd say that's one of them. So you're, you're more of like, it just, it just doesn't look right. doesn't look appropriate for a guy to wear. Just it just looks a little bit weird, but hey, if you can do it confidently, I'm all about it. I mean, so go that, for it. that's your opinion. You can wear it confidently, right? Okay, yeah. but there is is there a line there? Like, if the bro romper was was more revealing, I guess would you be like, yeah, you can't <laughs> oh wear gosh. it. Where they... Paul, I can never take that image out of my mind now. <laughs> what I'm saying <laughs> is, be if, careful if we radio, go by the man. if we go by the conversation of if you rock it, I mean, there are people who who wear very revealing stuff and rock it. And it's not appropriate. So there's a line somewhere mm-hmm. for both guys and girls on what you should and shouldn't wear. Yeah. But that's not a new thing. I mean, do you remember the 70s? You were around. I wasn't around. I was small, <laughs> but, but I was around. But guys wore like very short shorts. That's true. And it was uh-huh. weird. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I had cut but- off shorts that were in style. <laughs> Let's bring those back. <laughs> you can bring those back. <laughs> High thigh. <laughs> but, but as far as modesty goes, I mean, women just aren't visually, really visually stimulated the way that men are. I mean, for me, if I see a guy in some 70s short shorts, I don't feel like it's going to 
lead me to lust. I'm not going to, you know, right. approach it from that area. I probably just don't want to see your big old hairy thigh in my face. <laughs> that might be offensive, but I don't think it's going to lead me I to I don't know. I, I think that's just true. I just think it's true. But I think the conversation about modesty, honestly, and what's appropriate we should have, because I think, you know, it's, you know, oftentimes, you know, when we look at, at, at what girls should wear or whatever, you know, people have opinions. But I don't know. Like, like it's, it's just I think a, there's a morality in taste, too, which doesn't get mentioned often. That's a good so point. So, for example, like, there's <clears throat> obviously morality in chastity and modesty. There's also morality in, like, not choosing bad <laughs> things. Just right? not choosing to offend people's <laughs> right? eyes. Yeah, like, like, for instance, music, okay? Right. A song might not have cuss words or whatever, but it might just be poor taste. Yeah. And as Catholics, I think we have an obligation to promote <laughs> good taste. Okay, that's a not, good thought. Not rompers. That's a good thought. <laughs> yeah, I do think that there is a morality in, in uh, you know, in, in what you're saying, like having good taste in clothes and good taste in music. I think it's attractive. To me, I think what's attractive uh, with, with clothing is – uh, what's appropriate mm-hmm. and what looks good and, and what brings out the inner beauty that, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not like this, you know, huge modesty expert. I'm just saying there's something very beautiful about, um, dressing appropriately mm-hmm. for both guys and girls. So it would be the first product on the Paul George fashion line. Then. <laughs> um, boots. Boots. <laughs> I don't really know. I, I don't know. But Um, yeah, I get what you're saying. I think you can look at it from, you know, an artistic perspective. I think it can be like fashion and and that kind of thing. It can be like an expression of self. And I think we could lead into a whole different conversation about men, you know, with the romper or men lacking like ways and outlets to express themselves. And maybe like the romper is like a response to this. We need to find a way to, you know, express ourselves and like... You know what I'm saying? With the now that things are so different in this day and age that men aren't, I don't know, doing a lot of the same jobs and a lot of the same tasks maybe yeah. that they used to. Well, I was telling Adam, you know, there's this move, uh, you know, with men, you know, to grow beards and do all these things. I think it's to prove their masculinity mm-hmm. because there's less and less maybe, um, I, I don't know, maybe they're finding less and less of their identity and being who God already made them to be. Mm-hmm. And so we got to kind of prove it in other ways. Mm-hmm. I just think dressing ridiculous doesn't prove it. <laughs> I think be who God made you to be. Like right. be who God created you to be and you don't have to prove anything. Mm-hmm. Like like dressing to 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 gain attention so right. people look at you um, does not make you more than who you already are. Mm-hmm. God created you who you are and he created you as, as, as man. He created you as woman to express that fully but you don't have to do anything greater to express who God already made you to be. So Paul George Show, we'll be right back. I'm going to talk about a milestone, big one, when we come back. Paul George Show. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity Healthcare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? 
Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show, Paul George. Actually, actually in studio with our guest today, Kelly Pease. Yes, I'm here. Here I am. So you had a lot to say about the bro romper, <laughs> but really nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> just following your lead. You're just like, hey, if you rock it, wear it. Hey, if you want to do it, do it. If not, it's stupid. <laughs> but Don't do logically, it. But <laughs> logically, to apply that to anything in our life, like if you rock it, do it. I mean, that literally, before my conversion, got me in trouble with everything. Right. Think about it. Like, if you could rock it, do it. <laughs> you know, I rocked a lot of things. Right. And just did it because someone dared me to do it or I thought it would be fun or cool. And I ended up, you know, being something stupid or getting in trouble. Right. You know, so 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 logically, it that doesn't always work. Yes. Sometimes it does. It's like you have glasses and Mm -hmm. you need them Mm -hmm. but you have a certain style of glasses Mm -hmm. at some point you're like i want this style and if i'm gonna if i'm gonna rock it i'm gonna wear it like i'm you know so there's certain things where where it works like your minivan (laughs) that's right you gotta have it i mean if you have to have it then you might as well so you have four kids and if you're going to drive a minivan rock it you gotta own it you gotta own it and do it Mm -hmm. but it doesn't always apply to everything right like why would you need to rock a bro romper you don't need to you don't need to they don't so don't do it. Yeah, I guess you're helping me to, to discern my true opinions about the bro romper. I guess it's a question of prudence, kind of. Yeah. What you're saying. And, and that is where prudence comes in. Is It's not always a thought of, hey, if I can rock it, do it. Because you you could do a lot of things, right? good or bad. You have to really step back and discern, use wisdom, prudence to say, okay, is this the right thing to do <laughs> or to necessary? wear? Right? And yeah, it's necessary. So anyway, I wanted to bring this up. I just hit a pretty big milestone. What is it? So married for 20 years. Yeah. That's a big deal. Congratulations. That is a very big deal. I didn't realize it was 20. 20. The big 2-0. I did not realize that. Yeah. So here's what I know about 20 years of marriage. Um, It's it's never what you thought it was going to be. And for our 20-year uh, wedding anniversary, when we got married, we planned to go to Europe for our 20-year anniversary. How was it? It, it was great. <laughs> we f- fell asleep in our own house, in our own bed at about 9.30 at <laughs> night. Sounds perfect. Exhausted from life and kids. In Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Europe in our mind, Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, in reality. Um, because life doesn't always end up the way you think it should. And mm-hmm. like a lot of people you know, uh, kind of live in regret with their life mm-hmm. or what it should be or what they wish it was. Marriage really roots you in reality. Yeah. It's what I've learned over the past 20 years. Yeah. All right. But here's a conversation we bring up because you, you're married, four kids. And people ask me all the time, and Gretchen and I meet with young couples, engaged couples, people discerning marriage. Uh, we were even out to eat last night for our wedding anniversary and the server was asking us, uh, advice about marriage because he wanted to get married, wow. you know, ask his girlfriend to get engaged. Anyway, there, there's a lot of different topics we can talk on. 
Um, but one of the things I, I wanted to get into is what I have found the thing that I've grown in the most over the past 20 years. And I've learned that one of the things that is really, really important in a healthy, good marriage mm-hmm. is communication. Yeah. Number one, most important, I'd say. Yeah. So how have you found that, that you've grown uh, in your ability to communicate? Because I have rules for, for engagement Mm-hmm. In, 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 in communicating. Yeah, and a lot of people say, like the books that you'll read about marriage and communication say that you should have rules. You know, they say rules for fighting or rules for communicating. And I would say that's probably the way that we've grown the most as a couple is kind of learning each other's buttons, you know, yeah. those hot buttons. And, yeah. you know, we both have these things. Like if you're going to pull out these certain cards in a fight or in a conversation or even a tone of voice or, you know, My husband and I both get so set off by anything that's perceived as demeaning. Right. Like, don't come at me like that. You know, (laughs) my claws will come out. Right. And we both are like that. So I think we've learned over the years to if we want to get through to the other side of something that that just can't even be an option. Yeah. So at the end of the day, let's just start with the end goal with communication is resolution. Right. Like total and complete resolution in whatever you're dealing with. Right. And then what I hear from young couples or, or even married couples who can't find resolution is, um, you know, they'll say that well, we really don't disagree or we really don't fight. And when somebody says that, I'm thinking you have issues. Right. Uh, because I think it's important to fight it out. Yes. And when I use the word fight, I don't mean, you know, in actual terms of like duking it out. Right. I, I mean, like communication requires us to really dig in mm-hmm. and to resolve tough issues. Yeah. Hit All some right. conflict and find hit some, some conflict. Yeah. And when two people get married, they have different ways of communicating. They have different hot button issues. Mm hmm. Some of those you don't even know about. Right. And then you get married and you and you experience it all. <laughs> and then you get to deeper issues. You know, so when you're married with no kids, it's mm-hmm. a little bit less stressful. So you start having kids. Maybe you change jobs. Maybe you move. You buy a house. You lose a job. Right. Life gets more difficult. Right. And communication gets more difficult because the resolution of the issue is more difficult. Right. That's when a lot of things get really, really hard. And what you find is a lot of times in marriages – Things are unresolved. There's all these things that are slept, uh, swept under the rug mm-hmm. that resurface at different times because people don't uh, get to the root issue of right. those things. Yeah, for sure. And I think that a huge part of being able to communicate in marriage is um, just taking the time and being intentional about, for starters, knowing yourself. Right. You know, I think that. If you don't know yourself, and and again, that's something that you learn, like you say, you didn't know what your hot button issues really were until you, you know, really got there in marriage. But, you know, to really look at yourself and say, okay, what is it exactly that I'm feeling and why am I feeling this way? You know, sometimes people, I think, in in marriage and in conflict who can't find resolution – Sometimes there's a part of us that kind of just wants to fight, you know, and kind of wants to just sit in this place of misery. And I think if you're going to have success in communication and marriage, it's to look at that sometimes and say, okay, what really is going on with me? You know, I think when we're constantly looking at the other person, well, if he would just do this, if she would just do that, then this whole thing would be resolved. You know, that's just always a recipe for disaster. But if Two people can individually look at themselves and say, what is going on with me? What am I actually feeling? What am I trying to say? You know, and and lay that on the table. 
where do I need to grow? How do I need to change? You know, then there's some hope for growth. Yeah. So I want to get into that because uh, you got into something. So if the end goal is resolution, I have some rules for engagement. Okay. Okay. So the first one is this. Uh, no name calling. Okay. I mean, this is this is big. No name calling. <laughs> like, you're mean. Right. Uh, you know, you're uh, uh, whatever. Right. Uh, because when you start name calling, you push the other one into the corner and they dig in. Right. And it hurts. Name 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 yeah, name calling hurts. You get defensive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so that's rule number one. Yeah. Okay. Which makes me laugh because I think that <laughs> and if we weren't on a radio show, you know, with if married couples really sat down and listed all the things that they've said in the heat of the moment, yeah. you know, I mean, thank God for his grace and his mercy because like we have gone there. Yes. You know. Yes. No, we've all name called. Yeah. And we, we can all think back. If that didn't work. Right. It didn't work. Yeah. Like I never name called and like. My wife was like, you know what? You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I am totally that. <laughs> Let me go fix that about myself. <laughs> right. All right. So that's 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 rule number one. Okay. Okay. Rule number two is never, ever, ever use never and always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. You never do this. You always do that. Right. Yeah. That automatically what the person hears is I'm I'm no good. I'm right. worthless. I, I never clean. Mm-hmm. I always well, yeah. am mean. And then they're just going to immediately start looking for examples. You know, it turns into this game of, oh, tell me when, when, what day, what time. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. So so then they they say, well, you don't always or never right. do this. And then you're <laughs> like, well, then you tell me when. When did I never clean the house? Right. And, and then you dig in. Mm-hmm. So it becomes the fight becomes more than what it is mm-hmm. because if we start throwing the whole spectrum of your entire life together. Yeah, absolutely. Instead of the one isolated issue that you're trying to get through. All right. Rule number three, no silent treatment. Mm. And this is what a lot of people do is they'll just go silent. Yeah. On, oh, nothing's wrong. Right. No, 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 no. I'm not bothered. Right. Oh, really? Your face looks like it wants to kill me. Right. <laughs> and you're saying nothing's wrong. Right. Right. So we have to be honest. But I do have to say, you know, because Joey and I had a great counselor in the beginning of our marriage, and that was our big issue. We would get into these huge fights, and Joey would just go dark. Like, right. we just couldn't find him, you know, um, emotionally. And the counselor said to me, which you're right, you know, n- no silent treatment for the long haul, but I had to learn about Joey that... He was that type of person that needed to go somewhere and yeah. cool off. Yeah. Take a time out if right. you have to. And and that's that's a good point. It's one thing to say, look, I'm am bothered. Mm-hmm. I need time to think about it. Right. That's not silent treatment. Yeah. That's telling you there's something wrong. I just need time. I need time to think about. It. I do need a time out. Mm-hmm. If I don't, I might say something I regret. Right. So so I'm not saying that that taking time to think it out is an important. Yeah. Um, but what, what I'm saying, saying is communicating that nothing's wrong mm-hmm. sends the message of nothing's wrong. Right. So, so here, here's the, the next rule is never expect the other person to guess what's wrong. Yeah. Right. That, that was one of the things that we, we failed in earlier in our marriage is you, well, you should know how I'm feeling. Right. Well, I don't even know how I'm, I'm feeling. How am I supposed to know how you're feeling? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, from a female perspective, that it, that's exactly right. Exactly how you put it. Because I know that I often don't know how I'm feeling. And so it's, I got get to get there before I can bring him into it. All right. When we come back, 
Let's talk about the very last and most important rule and the question, should you manage your life? We'll be right back. It's Paul George Show. back to the show paul george with actually kind of like a co-host today that's right fancy titles coming at you kelly pease lombardi but I, I still go by kelly pease i've been knowing you since i was knee high to a grasshopper <laughs> <laughs> actually yes actually yes and if and if you didn't know that listen to a couple of shows ago we did a big reveal a kelly huge and I. reveal i mean it's important for people to know this yeah i think so yeah because uh, we're we're kind of a big deal. We are. We're pretty important. <laughs> Never. All <laughs> right. So we're talking about um, communication, rules of, en- of engagement. So I talked about uh, no name calling. Mm-hmm. Never use always and never. Right. Uh, no silent treatment. All right. Not communicating that nothing's wrong. Right. All right. But if you need a timeout, you Take need time, time to out. think about it. Um, let's see. And then uh, what was the last one before we, we close with the break? Don't expect the other person to guess what's yes. wrong with you. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. It's huge. Yes. Which leads us into this. And you kind of you kind of talked about this, but I want to get into the conversation about this before we get to the next conversation, which I think is important, is this. Use I statements mm-hmm. in communicating. Mm-hmm. I feel. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. I hear. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's so true. Just to try to identify like what is actually going on with you and just put that out there as your statement. Right. Your Instead truth. of saying, you do this. Right. You are this. Mm-hmm. You this. Mm-hmm. The way to really communicate and get to the issue is, is I feel this way. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm thinking this. Or when you, when you talk, I'm hearing you say this. Mm-hmm. And then when you when you come from the I, then then you're able to hear each other's feelings, which I want to get into here. I think one of the hardest things for guys to do, I don't know about girls, and maybe you could speak into this, is to get to a point in their life, in their marriage, in a communication, to actually say these two words, I feel. Right. That's so true. You know, because I'm sitting here thinking about everything that you're saying. And, you know, I think with my husband and I, even last night, like I had some stuff that I just wanted to talk about. It wasn't anything confrontational, just some stuff that's going on with me. And I know I kind of have to prep him for it. Like, hey, I need to talk to you about this, some stuff, like just for a few minutes. Like, are you ready for this? And it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Like right. I need to tell you how I feel, you know, because feelings, like right. what you're saying, feelings it, aren't always easy for a man to. It seems like feelings become a little bit more natural for women. Yes. In, in ability to communicate. I don't want to be stereotypical. I'm just speaking of my own experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for guys, a lot of times, getting to that place in their marriage of saying, I feel, mm-hmm. actually brings a lot of intimacy and resolution yes. in the marriage. It it's really hard for guys to finally, it, it almost feels odd to say, I feel hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel upset. Right. You know, I, I feel sad. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, what did I just say? Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable at first, but then 
then you find that uh, if your spouse really loves you, mm-hmm. they actually hear and do care about how you feel. Right. And that's the safety of marriage and vocation and the way that God has laid it out for us and ordained it for us because you end up in this safe place where you can really heal and grow. You know, And I guess it does take time in a marriage to, to trust that safety on both sides, but I do think it comes more naturally for a woman. And so when I look at all of the rules of engagement that you've given, that's from a female perspective, I would say to the men out there, like if your wife is going to abide by these rules of engagement and she's really going to try to not name call, not you know point out all of your faults, if she's really going to try to bring you her honest feelings, be ready to handle that and accept that. Mm-hmm. You know, bring your defensive defenses down, you know, and let yourself feel what she's bringing to you. Yeah, and vice versa. Right. So when you use the I feel statements, the most important thing that the other person can do is listen. Mm-hmm. Is listen. Mm-hmm. And then you're able to really reach a point of intimacy. Mm-hmm. When you reach the point of intimacy and communication, resolution begins to happen. Right. And you realize that the division between you is really isn't as big as you thought it was. Right. And then you can really deal with the issue, bring resolution, come to an agreement, and move on. Mm-hmm. And, and, it and is that's the point. so wonderful when that happens. Like when you really experience that in marriage. I mean, it sounds cliche, but it's so true that you uh, just become so much stronger and more united as a couple, and you just have so much life that you didn't have before. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times, what you think is a really big issue is actually small if you could just get down to the bottom of it and just say, you know, I feel like you uh, haven't been thinking about me lately. Right. Instead of saying, you never think about me. Right. Well, those are two different conversations dealing right. with the same issue. Right. right. So anyway, you mentioned earlier on we were talking and, and it just really sparked a conversation about how you, as you're approaching the summer as a mom and then, you know, I'm, I'm busy traveling, doing all these things and moving pieces. All of us mm-hmm. have moving pieces in our life. And mm-hmm. you said, what is the balance between managing my life mm-hmm. and experiencing life? Right. Yeah, exactly. I started thinking about this and just feeling the weight of this. And I heard another mom that I really love was talking about this and it resonated with me so strongly. So what do you mean? Well, I mean, okay, example, the end of the school year for me, like you say, there's so many moving pieces. There's so much to manage. There's things that just constantly have to be in motion. I've got to make sure that the laundry keeps going. I've got to make sure that we've got food in the house. This one's got to get here. I've got to do this, you know, and just like as a individual person, you know, like I need to make sure that I'm doing some exercise or that I'm eating right. I need to get, you know, um, to visit this person to do that, you know. And so you get in this frame of mind where you just are managing everything, you know, and you're just like plowing through everything and just making sure that it's all where it needs to be. So it's like you're running a small business. Right. And and, and everything's planned out and managed so that everybody's functioning. Right. And, and the business is doing okay right but you're not really experiencing yeah the life of just the ability to carve out space to experience what god wants you to experience in your what god has given you because that that's the problem with just approaching your life from this managerial style and standpoint is that you know whatever life that you're in right now at this moment like in that life like god has all of these pieces and parts that are meant to um spring you into growth and holiness that are meant to draw you closer to him, that are meant to, you know, uh, expose more of his truth to you. And so when you're just managing and you're not feeling like we were just talking about with the marriage conversation, 
you know, then you're missing these ways that God is drawing you. Mm. And it it doesn't give you the flexibility to, to stop and be spontaneous. Right. Like, let's just enjoy this moment. Right. Let's stay a little bit longer. Yeah. Let's get dirty. You know, uh, we did a small vacation over spring break, and I'm a planner, and I'm a doer, and I'm a conqueror. (laughs) So we did a hike. (laughs) Well, when we got to the top of the mountain, I was ready to go back down. Right. (laughs) Like, we did this. Let's go and go to the next thing we have planned on the schedule, tubing, or I, I don't really know. And I remember being on top of the mountain, and the kids were running around, and they were really enjoying the moment. And I just remember thinking to myself, enjoy the moment. Right. And we ended up finding a cave and like taking pictures. That's cool. And it's one of those moments where you're like, I need to get off schedule. Right. And enjoy the gift that God has in front of us right now, even if we miss the next thing. Right. And, you know, that's what God does. You know, that's why my encouragement, even to myself and to all listeners, is just to be listening and be aware because, you know, God finds you in those moments. And the same thing happened to me. It was the last week of school, and I was trying to do all the mom things. I got to get the teachers their gifts. I'm walking around with my camera. I'm trying to take pictures of everybody. You know, and I showed up at my son's class, and his teacher had them all lined up on the sidewalk, and she had these butterflies that they had been raising in the classroom. Like real butterflies? Yeah. Okay. You know, so that she raised them, and they learned the whole thing, and they were in Did the they chrysalis. Have and on? <laughs> they were in their bro rompers, all of that. But this was the moment where they were letting the butterflies go. Okay. And I was just there to take pictures of my kid on his last day of school. But all of a sudden, like, and this is, I know, a woman thing, but she's letting these butterflies go. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, this is this is too much, too much symbolism for me right now. I'm like weeping on the <laughs> sidewalk. Like one butterfly is just shooting up to the sky and one like is holding back a little bit more hesitant, you know, and I'm thinking about like my kids and how they're growing and like what God is doing in our lives. And before I know it, I'm crying on the sidewalk. You're having a moment. I'm having a moment, but it really like convicted me exactly like you said at the top of the mountain like i'd been running so fast managing so many things that i was missing what i'm actually managing yeah no i agree and honestly like if i can admit there's times where i i want to miss it because (laughs) i think if i stopped and thought about the moment i would cry right and then that would look weird right (laughs) and you can't do that and i can't do that all the time right and particularly you know as my kids are getting older and thinking about them moving out of the house like every wedding i go at like i'm like you're going to have to pick me up off the floor. Oh, my god! So I'm trying to have these moments and yet at the same time be vulnerable and yet mm-hmm. at the same time not fall apart. Right. So there has to be a balance because things have to get managed. They do have to get managed and But and you done. don't want to miss out on where God is moving you in your own life. Because I think when you're just managing, this happens to me, when I'm just managing and I'm not being present and I'm not feeling and experiencing That's when I tend to look around and feel like I lack, you know, that's Mm -hmm. when I tend to look around and say, well, this person has this and this person has that. I don't have this and I don't have that. But if I stop and let myself feel and I'm like, oh, I do have that. Like, this is my life that God has given me. And I have everything that I feel like I lack, you know, it's like when you're not letting yourself feel it, you forget that you have it. Yeah, here's what my advice would be to all this. You know, if if there could be a takeaway in this conversation for people who are listening is just flip the script. So instead of managing first and experiencing second, Mm -hmm. experience first and manage second. Mm -hmm. Because we all know that we have to plan and get things done. we got to have groceries in the house. Mm -hmm. You know, our kids have to go certain places and and we have to pay the bills. Uh, But if experiencing the second, we oftentimes miss out. And we're miserable. All right, it's Paul George with Kelly Pease and Adam Conn. 
coming back in one moment. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity Healthcare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George, in studio with Kelly Pease. Hey, hey. Co-hosting today and back in action, Adam Conk. Hey. You've been sitting over there quiet in the corner. Reflecting. Reflecting. Beautiful conversation. Yeah, it's been a great conversation today. It's actually good to have you in, Kelly. We're going to have to do this more often. Yeah, so Just fun. because. Just, Just because. because. All right, so what did you guys learn from the show today, Adam? I learned that I'm going to get you a male romper for Christmas, but on the tag, I'm going to put uh, coveralls coveralls, <laughs> so that you actually wear them. Okay. Because yeah. coveralls are manly. Right. Now, I was thinking about the romper thing. I, the only way I would wear it, okay, side note, is pajamas. Would you? <laughs> At home. Like a onesie, like with feet? Yeah, but I don't wear pajamas, so I don't know. But anyway, I, I would never walk out of the house with it. Matter of fact, I'd never put it on. But Ew. if you forced me to, I'd be like pajamas. <laughs> All right, Kelly, what'd you learn? Um, well, I learned that people are way more offended by the bro romper than I would have originally thought. Some people in here were a little bit upset. <laughs> I was not upset. I'm just trying to understand this. Some, um, some people. Some people I know and I'm related to are upset about the bro romper. There's not many people in here. <laughs> So one in three shots, she's talking about you, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I did like what Adam said about how there's a morality to taste. And so maybe, you know, maybe these guys could kick their morality up a notch by being a little more tasteful in their clothing choices. So this is the first time thing on the show. The first time that anybody's learned anything from something Adam said. <laughs> first time for everything. First man. time for everything. <laughs> All right, here's what I learned, actually. Kelly, you brought this up, but um, just th this whole idea between managing and experiencing. I think for me, it was a good reminder today to, to kind of flip the script on that and to experience life with my family, mm -hmm. particularly as, as it seems things are getting shorter and shorter as they're getting older, you know, to jump into the experience uh, of life with them instead of just trying to manage it all so it all goes well. Right. So that's what I learned. But Adam, I know you've been sitting over there, so how about that six-pack of questions? Question. All right, so we'll start with Kelly. Y'all can both answer this. First question, we talked a lot about fashion, actually. A lot of deep fashion discussion. Kelly, what's the strangest fashion thing you ever did and oh, probably most regret? God help her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean... Oh gosh, I've been through so many fashion phases. I can't really pick one. There was this time in life when... <laughs> why are you making that face? You have to answer the question. Well, I mean, you looking... What was your weirdest fashion time? Weirdest fashion time. There was a time in my life when I seriously, truly thought that I could bring back the fanny pack. <laughs> I really did. And listen, it was a Steve Madden fanny pack. Do you know that he's like... 
a cool designer. Yeah, Steve Madden shoes. Right. I mean, it was expensive. <laughs> if it was... Steve Madden can't bring back the fanny pack, no one can. It should never be brought back. I just thought, why <laughs> Jim not? Jim Beckman could bring back the fanny <laughs> That's pack. Right. He can. Oh and my he has. gosh. Well, thanks. Thanks for being brave enough to admit that. You're oh, welcome. Paul, strangest fashion thing you ever did. Gosh, I don't know. I've always felt like I've been kind of down the middle of the road with fashion. I'm not a big fashion. Come but... on, you ever got highlights or? I thought you were ever gotten high. <laughs> <laughs> Highlights. I've had high life. <laughs> I, uh, I, no, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Those V-necks are just oh, out of control. I, I, uh, I bleached my hair, shaved <gasps> the sides, and I had my number carved in the side of my head. That would qualify. Hey yep. yeah. okay. That's a Moving good on to question number two. <laughs> question number two. Uh, we'll start with Paul. So, what is the marriage lay of the land in the church? Like as you travel, as you talk to people, so people talk about their marriage, would you say that, hey, we've got this whole marriage thing down or man, we're really struggling out there or somewhere in the middle? Um, you know, the divorce rate has kind of plateaued. Uh, I, I don't think it's no longer on the rise. I think there's a generation, even in non-believers, of people who are saying, okay, I want to do this different, better than the previous generation. So this idea committed. The other thing is that people are getting maybe married a little bit later in life, and so by the time they get married, maybe they have their issues dealt with. But there is a large percentage of people who get divorced. I would say in the church, we're doing much better, and at least we should be, um, in preparing couples to be married. Uh, and in that preparation, I think it's given people a better chance to have a healthy, thriving marriage down the road. Mm-hmm. Kelly? I mean, just from where I stand, I guess one thing that I'd say in my own life, I'm sometimes surprised by married couples that I see who are afraid to communicate. Like everything that we just said, all the all of the, you know, rules for engagement, I think that's really frightening for some people because for whatever reason, you know, you're afraid to get shut down or you're afraid to, you know, offend or upset or whatever. But it seems like I see a lot of young marriages especially that I'll be like, really? You haven't? said that to your husband? I'm surprised. Well, and here's what's interesting to me, and I'll say this because I say this bluntly to couples because I do meet with couples and talk to couples who are struggling. And I'll say, it's interesting to me that you guys can make love, mm-hmm. like as a couple, mm-hmm. but you can't talk about an issue. Right. Like there is a huge disconnect mm-hmm. in that, that you could you can be that intimate in one area of your mm-hmm. life, but you can't be intimate in this area of your life. Right. There's a disconnect there. Right. And to me, like the greatest thing that we can have is intimacy in all aspects of our life and that ability to communicate mm-hmm. is huge. Right on. Question number three. So we talked about name calling, as in don't do it. What is the most adolescent name you've ever been called in your memory? Qualifiers would be things like weenie, um, <laughs> Baby. poopy face. Like what, what, what's the most adolescent name that your spouse or someone else has called you that stands out in your memory? I've been called everything. <laughs> <laughs> most recently, a jerk. Really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Jerk face. Jerk, jerk face. face. That makes it a lot better. It makes it jerk a lot better. Face. What about you, Kelly? But you know, I'm at a point in my life like it, like we've been married long enough that I, you know. I'd be like, you're, you're totally right. I know. That's what I was just <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm a jerk face. I <laughs> Let's can't, move on. Right. right yeah. Let's talk about something we We've don't know. We've established this. <laughs> I was thinking that about myself because, well, I mean, obviously things have been said that shouldn't be repeated on on the air. <laughs> but um, 
mine would probably be spoiled brat, mm-hmm. which like I didn't realize I was a spoiled brat until I got married. But now I'm like, yeah, I really am a spoiled brat. You're right about that one. I can admit. <laughs> no, please go get me another cup of coffee. <laughs> and then we'll talk about it. All right. This is a question for both of y'all that could probably answer at the same time. Give me a funny cousin story. You mentioned how you're cousins. There's yep. got to be at least one funny cousin story that you can tell. Yeah, at least. Yeah, there's there's tons. Um, well, it might be interesting to know that um, Paul was my inspiration in my <laughs> my baseball career, <laughs> my softball career. Yeah, Kelly, Kelly played softball as a kid <laughs> and was Just to make you on track to make the U.S. Olympic team. I was on track because of Paul's inspiration. You know he's a sports star. Yeah, but, Kelly um, was a cheerleader in high school, but not so much a softball player. <laughs> she tried it out. Her parents tried to convince her she was better. I did have all the gear, the nicest gear, That's which the most important part. could be connected to my spoiled bratism. Nicest gear. <laughs> but I didn't make it to the Olympics, sadly. That's yeah. funny. All right, question number five. How is marital communication different than friendly communication, say, with someone of the same gender? Like, how have you noticed that there maybe there's different rules for engagement? Maybe they're the same. How's it different? Kelly, we'll start with you. Um, gosh, marital communication. Well, I guess I feel like between a man and a woman and between a husband and wife, like you do have to approach things a little bit differently. You know, like I was kind of saying about my husband, like sometimes I have to prep him for what I'm trying to say or what I'm about to dump on him. You know, but really the way that it's different is it's just more intimate. It should be more intimate than anything else, you know, and it it bugs me when I feel like couples will say something to a friend that they won't say to their husband, you know, and I get it. I mean, you know, in certain senses, you have to have some friends that that's a little bit different from your spouse. But I just don't think that there should be things that you wouldn't share with your spouse that you would share with somebody else first. You yeah, know? I, I think with guys, none of the rules I talked about really apply. <laughs> okay, so like if with guys, just when they're oh, talking, I feel to, like when the when you okay, say so that when you I... sit with a girl, a girl, friend, right? You you can just sit down and be like, man, I just feel like right, right. you just go right into right it. into it. Yeah, uh, when guys sit down, they don't do that with each other. They might get to that place if you have really close friends, but it's not the first thing that comes out. And if you have conflict with another guy, like a friend of mine, like it's okay to be like, I hate you. (laughs) You are a jerk. (laughs) You can name call and then we don't get our feelings hurt with each other. And then you talk it it. out and it's like, yeah, I love you, bro. We're moving on. Let's grab a beer. It's just different rules of engagement guy to guy. But I do think, and I want to say this to guys, is it is good to have deep male friendships where you can actually share something deeper than sports to be able to say hey i'm struggling with this can you pray for me and and give me some advice i think that's important um do we have a minute because i thought of a really funny story yeah go for it (laughs) you got one minute so funny so paul and i had a babysitter who we loved she was awesome mary lee oh yeah 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 so and like literally babysat us not our kids yeah yeah she babysat us as kids she was like a mother figure okay So years later down the road, we were at the home of somebody that we didn't really know that knew Mary Lee and we're in this deep conversation about Mary Lee and how much we loved her and, and how special she was. And then the man said, do you know that I'm the one that sold her the wig that she wore? <laughs> and it was like we found out that Santa wasn't real. <laughs> I had no idea. We had no idea. She wore a wig. She wore a wig. <laughs> All those years. Wow. Amazing. 
Do you have one more question? The truth question? is out there. Question number six. We're going to wrap this up. <laughs> so actually no... You wear a wig. <laughs> actually no two good Catholics, a guy and a gal, they're getting married this week. And okay. this is happening all over the country, if not the world. People are getting married right now. So give them your top do and don't. Okay. Top do is um, just serve each other. Both of you. Just serve each other. All okay. the time. As right. much as you can. All right. Top don't. Uh, don't make the other person the most important person in your life. Make Jesus. Kelly, great having you on. Adam, you're awesome. Thanks for doing the show. Thanks to our sponsors. Find the show on the podcast online. Uh, it's a Paul George show. We'll be back next week. God bless.